1: Hello, beloved family. How are you doing? We are, what is today? It is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, two days away from Christmas Eve. It's amazing. Isn't it amazing? And even so, we still don't have a single decoration up. We still haven't sent out a single Christmas card because the Lord of the whole earth has not yet come from heaven. And we are still in Advent and we're very excitedly looking forward to Christmas. It's so beautiful when you celebrate all the holy days accordingly as God has given them and not anticipate them so much that they kind of get ruined. So we don't celebrate Christmas until Christmas comes. We don't send out Christmas cards until Christmas week. Um, It's a beautiful, beautiful way to anticipate our Lord and to really walk with him. It's truly wonderful. And we don't worry about people getting our cards late or our gifts late, because by then they've probably opened most of their gifts, and so it's an added happy receipt for them. (laughs) Anyway, we pray that you're well Um, as the world gets crazier by the day, including the church by the day, not the true church. The true church is uh, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is God. He is perfect. He is without sin. And the church is holy and perfect. And without sin in its core, we, um, his members, need to do a better job of being who we are. Um, there is an article uh, written by a blessed Jacobus of Voragine, um, titled "The Two Advents of Our Lord Jesus Christ," and that's what we're celebrating: the two advents, his coming two thousand years ago, and his coming again, his second coming. Um, which we look forward to. And the article says, the advent of our Lord is celebrated for four weeks to signify that his coming is fourfold. That used to be 40 days. It's now down to four weeks to signify that his coming is fourfold, fourfold. He came to us in the flesh. He comes into our hearts. He comes to us at death and he will come at the last judgment. The fourth week is not completed because the glory of the elect to be bestowed at the last coming of our Lord will never end. While the coming of our Lord is fourfold, the church turns especially to two of them, the coming of our Lord in the flesh and his coming at the last judgment. Thus, the Advent fast is in part a fast of rejoicing, because Christ is coming in the flesh. The incarnation At the same time, it is in part a fast of contrition, looking to the supreme coming of Christ at the last judgment. Regarding our Lord's coming in the flesh, his first coming, two things should be considered. How it is opportune and how it is useful. First, it is opportune because man condemned by nature to have an incomplete knowledge of God had fallen into the worst errors of idolatry and was reduced to cry, cry out and lighten my eyes. Second, our Lord came in the fullness of time, as St. Paul says in the epistle to the Galatians. Third, he came when the entire world was sick, as St. Augustine says, quote, the great physician came when mankind was lying ill through the whole world. This is why the church in the seven antiphons, sung before the Lord's nativity, remembers the different kinds of illnesses and how opportune this divine remedy is. Before the Son of God came in the flesh, we were ignorant and blind, subject to eternal punishment. Slaves of the devil, shackled by our sinful habits, enveloped in darkness, exiled from our true motherland. This is why those antiphons proclaim our Lord as our master, our redeemer, our liberator, our guide, our enlightener, and our savior. Regarding the usefulness of the coming of Christ, diverse authorities define it in different ways. Jesus Christ himself in the Gospel of St. Luke tells us that he came for seven reasons. To console the poor, to cure the afflicted, to liberate the captives, to enlighten the ignorant, to forgive the sinners, to redeem the human genre, and to recompense each one according to his merits. And St. Bernard says... We suffer from a threefold illness. We are easy to seduce, slow to act, and weak to resist. Hence, the coming of our Lord is necessary first to enlighten our blindness, and second to help our weakness. Regarding the second coming, that is the last judgment, we should consider the circumstances that will precede it and those will, those, the circumstances that will also accompany it. First, three kinds of circumstances will precede the Last Judgment. Terrible signs, the imposture of the Antichrist, and an immense fire on the earth. This is straight from Scripture, beloved. Five types of signs will precede the Last Judgment. For as St. Luke says, there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea, we can find a commentary on all these things in the Apocalypse, Mm -hmm. in the book of Revelation. As St. Jerome, in in his turn, found 15, I didn't know this, St. Jerome, in his turn, found 15 signs preceding the Last Judgment in the annals of the Hebrews. They are, excuse me, here they are. On the first day, the ocean will rise above the mountains and will stand upright, immobile, like a wall. On the second day, the ocean will sink so low that one will barely be able to see it. On the third day, sea monsters will appear on the waves and will utter roars that will rise up to heaven. On the fourth day, the water in the ocean will boil. On the fifth day, The trees and all plants will exude a dew of blood. On the sixth day, all the buildings will fall down. On the seventh day, the stones will break into four pieces which will clash against one another. On the eighth day, a universal earthquake will lay every man and animal low on the ground. On the ninth day, the earth will be leveled and the mountains and hills will be reduced to dust. On the 10th day, men will leave their hidden places and wander like madmen without being able to speak to each other. On the 11th day, the bones of the dead will come out of their graves. On the 12th day, the stars will fall from the firmament. On the 13th day, all living beings will die to be resurrected afterwards with the dead. On the 14th day, the sky and the earth will burn. On the 15th day, there will be a a new heaven and a new earth, and all will be resurrected. I didn't know those 15 um, points, but I can see Scripture in many of them. The last judgment Will be preceded by imposture, the imposture of the Antichrist, who will try to deceive men in four ways. First, by a false interpretation of the Scripture, trying to prove that he is the promised Messiah. Second, by the working of miracles. Third, by the distribution of gifts. And fourth, by the infliction of tortures. The last judgment will be preceded by a violent fire. This is all in Scripture, beloved. <clears throat> lit by God himself to renew the world, to punish the reprobate, and to bring attention to the group of the elect. Regarding the circumstances that will accompany the last judgment, the first to be named is the separation of the good from the evil ones. For it is known that the judge will come in the valley of Jehoshaphat and place the good at his right and evil ones at his left, This does not signify, as St. Jerome observes, that all men will have to be in that small valley, but only that it will be the center of the judgment. This does not exclude that God, if he so, so desires, may place in that space an infinite number of men, since their resurrected bodies will no longer take up space. Next, comes the question of knowing the categories into which men will be divided when the final judgment comes. St. Gregory admits four categories, two for the reprobates and two for the elect. This is quite an article, beloved. We must be aware of these things and we'll continue with this when we come back from the break. And when we come back from the second break, We'll take your calls, your emails, your texts, and it'll be our half hour with anything that's on your heart. um, uh, The toll-free number to call, our lines are always open, is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
2: on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic radio to draw more people to himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-866-628-2277.
1: Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to sermons for everyday living, every day, at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on StationofThecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you.
3: At home, in the car, on the web, or anywhere, on the iCatholic Radio mobile app, we're happy to celebrate Christmas with you. The Station of the Cross and EWTN has continuous special Christmas programming for you and your family. A full list of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day programming can be found online at thestationofthecross.com under our programming tab. That's thestationofthecross.com under our programming tab.
1: We are in the middle of an article. um, Let me just see now. um, On the end times, the title is, if you wish to look it up yourselves, "The Two Advents of Our Lord Jesus Christ." It's by Blessed Jacobus of Origen. And right now we are discussing. Let me see where we left off. The last judgment that will be preceded by the imposture of the Antichrist, who will try to deceive men in four ways. Um, Let me just repeat the paragraph, so in case you just joined in. Uh, The last judgment will be preceded um, in four ways by a false. well no the antichrist will try to deceive men in four ways by a false interpretation of the scriptures trying to prove that he is the promised messiah by the working of miracles by the distribution of gifts and by the infliction of tortures the last judgment will be preceded by a violent fire lit by god himself to renew the world to punish the reprobate and to bring attention to the group of the elect Regarding the circumstances that will accompany the last judgment, the first to be named is the separation of the good from the evil ones. For it is known that the judge will come in the valley of Jehoshaphat and place the good at his right and evil ones at his left. This does not signify, as St. Jerome observes, that all men will have to be in that small valley, but only that it will be the center of judgment. This does not exclude that God, if he so desires, may place in that special space an infinite number of men, since their resurrected bodies will no longer take up space. Now this is where we left off. Next comes the question of knowing the categories into which men will be divided when the final judgment comes. St. Gregory admits four categories two for the reprobates and two for the elect. Among the reprobates will be those who will be condemned and those who were already condemned. About whom it was said, quote, the one who does not believe will be judged previously. Among the elect will be those who will judge the others sitting alongside the judge. The judge will be inflexibly severe he will bend neither from fear, since he is almighty, nor from gifts, because he is richness himself, nor from hatred, because he is goodness itself, nor from love, because he is justice himself itself, nor from error, because he is wisdom itself. Against this wisdom, neither the allegations of lawyers, nor the sophisms, um, sophism, sorry about that, Sophisms um, of philosophers, nor the phrases of orators, nor the ruses of hypocrites will prevail. The judge will be as severe as the prosecutor will be implacable. In other words, the sinner will face three prosecutors the devil, sin, and the entire world. Because as Saint Chrysostom says on that day, sky and earth, water, sun, and moon, Day and night, the whole world will raise against us before God in testimony of our sins. Three witnesses will also testify against us, all three infallible. First, God, who said to us through the voice of Jeremy, Jeremiah, I am the same time. I am at the same time, judge and witness. Second, our conscience. And third, our guardian angel. For we read in the book of Job, heavens, that is the angels, will reveal this iniquity. Finally, the sentence will be irrevocable. Indeed, the sentence is irrevocable for three reasons. The excellence of the judge, the evidence of the crime, the impossibility of reversing the chastisement. For in the sentence pronounced against us in the last judgment, there will be no king, emperor, or pope to whom we can appeal the judgment pronounced against us. This can be very frightening to those who are away from God, to those who are unsure of where they stand before God, and to those who deny God. And uh, the Gospel of Mark uh, St. Mark says, but of that day, an hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son but only the Father. There are many, many, many verses in scripture that back up what we just read, and we'll never be able to go through them all, but let me give you let me give you a start. from Tim, I won't give you the whole verse reference because it will, it'll take away from our reading the verses. But let me just say from Timothy, Second Timothy says, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. <coughs> in Mark, we already read that. Matthew, but woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. Also from Matthew, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So dear ones, if you're away from God and your family has tried to help you to know Christ, to help you to know his laws, his standards, his kingdom, and you've rejected the scriptures say, if today you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. You still have a chance while there is time. We don't know how much time but while there is time you can repent. John writes children it is the last hour and just as you heard that the antichrist is coming even now many antichrists have appeared from this we know that it is the last hour. From Matthew so you too when you see all these things recognize that he is near right at the door. Revelation Then the kings of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave and free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. Matthew, but but all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Revelation, and they said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. From Daniel, as for me, I heard but could not understand, so I said, my Lord, what will be the outcome of these events? From Matthew, at that time many will fall away, and will betray one another, and hate one another. From Revelation, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and and the end. From Matthew. For there then there will be a great tribulation, such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. REVELATION. The name of the star is called Warm Wood, and a third of the waters became warm wood, and many men died from the waters because they were made bitter. From Matthew, So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth and take out the wicked from among the righteous, from Daniel. But as for you, Daniel, conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. From Matthew, unless those days had been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Also from Matthew, then if anyone says to you behold there is the Christ or there he is, do not believe him. Luke says and there will be a great there will be great earthquakes and in various places plagues and famines and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. From Daniel, at the end of time the king of the south will collide with him and the king of the north will storm against him with chariots with horsemen and with many ships and he will either um, and he will enter countries overflow them and pass through again from Daniel but as for you go your way to the end then you will enter into rest and rise again for your allotted portion at the end of the age Isaiah says now it will come about that in the last days the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established As the chief of mountains and will be raised above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. From Matthew, as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And again, later in the same chapter of Matthew, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Revelation. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy, and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. Isaiah says, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying my purpose will be established. God is speaking through Isaiah and I will establish all my good pleasure. From Luke, our Lord says, you hypocrites, you know how to analyze the appearance of the earth and the sky. Why do you not analyze the present time? Amos says people will stagger from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They will go to and fro to seek the word of the Lord. They will not find it. Peter says for he has foreknown before the foundation of the world he Christ was foreknown before the foundation of the world but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you from Matthew many false prophets will arrive and excuse me many false prophets will arise and will mislead many Daniel he said go your way god said to daniel go your way daniel For these words are concealed and sealed up until the end time. The psalmist wrote, All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will worship before you. Daniel, now at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people, will arise, and there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. And at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book, will be rescued. Matthew, because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. That's certainly a picture of today. Revelation, and every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. Peter, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. We can continue, we haven't been through even uh, two thirds of these scriptures, beloved. You can look them up online, the scriptures of the end times. Um, we are heading into very, very awful times. And the only thing, number one for you to do, is turn to Christ with all your heart to be saved and then save your families, protect them, get them out of the schools, Uh, public schools for sure. Many Catholic schools, uh, if they're required to wear a mask, your children, take them home. Don't allow them to be vaccinated. Save yourselves and your children. We'll be right back after the break.
0: Have you ever heard the claim that a child developing in the womb is merely a clump of cells? Think about this. By the eighth week of development, a fetus already possesses more than 90% of the physical formation found in adults, including brain development, limb structure, and a heartbeat. Human life is sacred. Think about it. Coalitionforlife.com.
4: Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Often those who defend abortion resort to blanket criticism of priests for abusing children. What these abortion supporters don't seem to realize is that by supporting the killing of children, they weaken their argument against the abuse of children. After all, it's the same victim. Let's oppose the killing of every innocent human life and call on our opponents to stop being selective in their opposition to evil. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. This is Rick Paulini and Father Jacek Mazer. Join us every Sunday morning at 11 for a Divine Mercy
3: in My Soul. Let the weak, the sinful soul have no fear to approach me. For even if it had more sins than there are grains of sand in the world,
4: it would all disappear. Yes. So tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8. Jesus, I trust in you. We offer several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top-left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices.
0: Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at com. Welcome
1: back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together, and um, I am uh, thrilled to be with you, and our lines are open, and I invite you to call in with anything at all on your heart, toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at com. We have an email from Katie, who says, Mother, I've just recently discovered your podcast and enjoy it so much. Thank you for speaking truth, especially regarding COVID and our current culture of death. My email is specifically in response to an anonymous email that you discussed on your December 6th show, which I just listened to. The woman who discussed her relationship with her husband, who she suspects of having borderline personality disorder, which is very different from bipolar disorder, was a mirror of my own situation. I've been married 11 years, and my husband was diagnosed in the spring of 2020 after we had seen many counselors. We were referred to a Catholic marriage therapist who saw the abuse and my husband's personality disorder. It is very challenging on so many levels, and I quite literally lost myself and much of my faith because of the circumstances however we did separate finally in spring of 2021 and god has brought me to him in a way i never knew was possible truthfully he has shown me that he was leading me every step of the way even through the suffering which is ongoing i'm actively working through and now have purpose in him my husband has been amenable to treatment and counseling and is making progress. Well, that's good. That's, that's very good. <clears throat> Katie says, I'm not sure if it's possible to reach out to the anonymous woman, but I hope that you're able to tell her she isn't alone. Well, I hope you're listening, dear one, and to all those who are suffering a similar situation There's no question you're not alone. Unfortunately, you're not alone. She is walking in a very difficult road, but there is hope for her and her husband. Hopefully, the new counselor she sees will be able to refer her family to the appropriate therapy, um, uh, dialectical behavioral therapy, she calls it, um, or BPD. I will pray for healing for all of them. Please share my story with her if you believe it will be helpful. Well, I hope that she's listening. I don't have her number um, or her name, but I certainly hope she's listening. And that all of you, uh, or any of you who are living through a very abusive situation at home with a very severe personality disorder, bipolar, or anything else, Um, will get comfort to know that you're indeed not alone. But I said to the woman who called in anonymously earlier this month, uh, I don't advocate divorce or anything of that sort, but yes, separation. You do not need to keep yourself in a position of physical and verbal abuse, especially in in the case of the anonymous woman. Uh, Her children were taking the brunt of the verbal abuse and it was awful. And so I counseled to her that she needs to get a good professional, not worry about her husband going. She needs to go to find out how to handle this and get her children away from him. And hopefully he will get help. We have another email from somebody who writes it anonymously and says, I'm living here in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I just attended the Sunday Mass and my priest announced effective Monday, December 20th. Well, that was this past Monday, so... Uh, this would have been written on the earlier in the week effective monday december 20th the church will require a vaccine passport it's diabolical terrible our shepherds betray us yes they do she writes our shepherds betray us i cannot stop crying i knew this would happen but i didn't know it would be this soon what can i do now i cannot attend the mass and I will not take the injection. My husband and I are the only ones not taking that vaccine. All of my friends and family have taken it. All of them have no idea what evil is happening around us. I'm sending them videos about the danger of the vaccine, but they ignore it." Well, dear one, um, it's a very, very, very rough situation for you to be in. And you say, what do you do now? Uh, Under no circumstance, take the vaccine. I'm with you all the way. It will destroy you. Um, uh, Aside from any immoral issue, it will destroy you. Um, I would say look at every parish in your diocese, but especially if you can find a Latin parish, I do not imagine any of them um, requiring... A vaccine passport? I do not imagine that. I don't know if your bishop has mandated it, but um, um, uh, I'll repeat a thought of Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke, or Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke, more properly, um, who said that no no human being has the um, has the power to shut down the mass or to keep us from the mass. No human being, it's not a divine institution, it's God's institution, and no pope, no bishop, no priest has any power to keep us from it. They use power they don't have, and we succumb to it, which is unfortunate, but what are we supposed to do as sheep if the shepherds do betray us and do come under the government mandate? And some of them just mandated themselves apart from the government. If I were in your shoes one, I would check out every single parish within a couple of hours of my home and if I couldn't go during the week at least I could make spiritual communities at home read the scriptures with my family and um, keep holy the Lord's day and find any parish I can attend even if it's a Sunday only where I have to drive a couple of hours I would do that We have another email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Hi, Mother, I'm a mom um, and legally blind. I think we took this one last week, but I'll read it again. I'm a mom and I'm legally blind, but I know what's happening around us. I have a daughter who is going to be five this coming year, and I would love to homeschool her, but I don't have any idea how to do it. Thank you and God bless you. We might not have gotten to your email, but I... uh, Hold on Excuse me. I, I did a search um, on a search engine and simply uh, looked up homeschooling for the blind. There are tremendous resources. But uh, with the statement I put in, homeschooling for the blind, it assumed that mothers want to homeschool their blind children... This is the opposite. This is a legally blind mom who wants to homeschool her five-year-old. I would do that. I would look on the Internet because that's the only thing I'd be able to do to help you for um, uh, legally blind moms homeschooling their children. Call some homeschool associations, good ones. Call Seton Homeschool, call others, and um, let them know that you're legally blind and you want to homeschool your five-year-old um, and I am i would almost be sure that they've experienced homeschooling moms who are blind, um, and they can refer you to sources. So uh, do an Internet search. If I come up with anything sooner, I will uh, announce it. I'll take a look today and announce it tomorrow if I can find something. But I would just say, you know, the homeschooling sources for the blind that help... Uh, our sources to teach your blind children may be the very programs you can use to teach your five-year-old, get her regular materials, but use those programs to teach you, for you to teach her. So um, I don't know, uh, but just do a search, and I'll try to do one as well. And if anybody has information on that, please call the Station of the Cross and, um, and let us know. We have an email from Cilla or Chilla, C I L L A, who says, "Hi, Mother. I'm wondering if you can give me some practical guidance on gaining more faith. I seem to be losing it with the pandemic and many issues surrounding losing friends and family. Where is this all going to end? Well, it's going to end with the Antichrist. It's going to end with um, with increasing evil." until God comes to restore his kingdom. It's not going to get better. And if you're losing your faith over it, my dear one, then your faith is not in Christ, it's in circumstances. No circumstances should make us lose our faith. If you're losing it, it's because your trust is in the circumstances that are growing frightening to you, uh, but not in God. What can you do to gain more faith? Faith is a gift. So you can't gain more faith. It's a gift from God. I would suggest that you read the scriptures cover to cover. Sit down and read the scriptures. Start with the Gospels, and then read a Gospel. Start with the Gospel of John, and then go to uh, Romans, and then read um, Matthew, and then go to Ephesians, go to Colossians, Philippians. Go to all the books that tell you exactly how to live your faith and how to increase your faith. Go to First Peter, and Peter says we add to our faith knowledge and discernment and uh, all. He's got a whole list of it to add. How we add to our faith that we don't become short-sighted. Read First and start out by reading First and Second Peter. They'll not only tell you how to uh, increase your faith, increase the gift that God has given you but also will explain the times that we're living in and that are increasing. We have a text from someone who writes in Anonymous and says, Hi, Mother Miriam, would you be interested in becoming ordained if and when the Church allows women to do so? Well, whoever you are, dear Anonymous, you do not know the faith, and I would say you are not Catholic. Because the Catholic faith I know I probably just offended you, women will never become ordained. Never become ordained. Our Lord chose men. And when they are ordained, they become in persona Christi, that is in the person of Christ. A woman cannot be in the person of Christ. Um, I have a beautiful godmother, Rhonda Churvin, some of you may know her, and she said, if you were putting on a Christmas play, would you choose a man to play the Blessed Virgin? Well, that question is becoming a little ridiculous today, because some people do that, so our world is getting so evil and upside down. Um, I am interested only in what our Lord has ordained, and women will never be ordained. If you say, well, but there are women priests. No, they're not. There are women who have had a false ordination and they're wearing a robe and they call themselves priests, but they are not. They are in mortal sin and they are not on their way to heaven if they don't repent. There is no such thing as a woman priest and there never will be. No matter what anyone says, if the Pope himself himself declares women can be ordained, uh, he will deal before the judge of the whole earth, but women will not be ordained. There are two factors Uh, to sacraments form and matter and uh, the form is the ordination uh, ceremony but the matter is a man no woman will ever be ordained so no i would not become interested uh, if and when the church allows women to do so because the church will never allow that there are many prelates who go astray and have lost their faith and who might approve such a thing but they have lost their faith and they are no longer catholic We have an email. We'll return with this one uh, when we come back from the break. And so, uh, again, we'll have 10 minutes plus when we come back from the break, dear ones. Our lines are open, and you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Call in during the break if you wish. The toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com, and we'll be right back.
0: The
3: The Station of the Cross and EWTN has continuous special programming for you and your family. Holy Mass, music, stories, and reflections from Bethlehem to the National Basilica and beyond. A full list of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day programming can be found online at thestationofthecross.com under our programming tab. That's thestationofthecross.com under our programming tab.
4: The Station of the Cross thanks our financial supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a non lay organization not affiliated with your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we're able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family.
1: Welcome back, Beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And we have um, a little more than 10 minutes, and we have an angel who called in um, to help the mother who is legally blind. God bless you. And she wrote, homeschooled K-12 for 25 years. Um, Okay, um... I I'm going to look up these references before I before I give them to you. So, um and 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 her little message says nothing about um helping the blind. Uh she's given me two homeschooling resources, but so far it doesn't say anything about the blind. So before I give them to be very responsible about what we give out on the air, I will look them up. Um, which means I'll have to um, give you the, the, that answer tomorrow of what uh, this woman gave us. Um, okay. We have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Hello, Mother. Are you familiar with Senatus Consultum? And if so, can you please explain it? God bless. Senatus Consultum. I'm not familiar with it, but I looked it up during the break. Um, and... Um, Let me just see here. Um, A senatus consultum, it's Latin, uh, for decree of the Senate, the plural is senatus consulta. So it is a decree, senatus, consultum. uh, Senatus, Senate, consultum, a decree of the Senate. um, In a text emanating from the Senate in ancient Rome, it is used in the modern phrase, Senatus Consultum Ultimatum, um, or Ultimum, translated into French as um, so forth. The term was also used during the French Consulate, um, the First French Empire, and Second French Empire. So um, it was implemented in the Roman Empire, and um, that's, I'll just won't spend any more time on that, but it's a degree of the Senate is what it is uh, emanating from the Roman Empire. So you can, I would say, if you want to know more, go ahead and do an internet search on that, um, and you'll get a lot of information. Um, We have an email from Colin, who says, Hi, Mother Miriam, I was just wondering if it's possible to develop an unhealthy relationship with God and the Church, Is there such a thing as spending too much time on this? Um, That's an interesting question, Colin. Uh, You cannot spend too much time with God. You cannot. I mean, that's, come on, when we're in eternity, we'll be spending all our time with him. So you cannot. But um, can you develop an unhealthy relationship with God in the church you know, it depends. I would say, if someone is um, has a compulsive disorder of some kind and um, camps on certain things to the exclusion of others, um, it might help, Colin. If you gave me an example of what you're what you're speaking about. Um, We love God 24-7 here, and we love the church, not in its uh, apostasy, but uh, in its truth. And there could never be too much time spent. Um, We spend time on nothing else. We love it. We love God. We love the church. We love his teachings. uh, We love the holidays. We love the holy days. We love the um, rubrics of the mass. We love everything. We pray the divine office from 5 in the morning till 8.30 at night. Uh, no. Uh, so if you, th- it's such thing as spending too much time on this. I don't, I can't imagine what that would be Collins. so i would ask you dear one maybe someone's accusing you of spending too much time maybe they're unbelievers maybe they're nominal catholics and they're saying don't be a fanatic well i think god wants us to be fanatic well doesn't he want us to have a balanced life no it's all god in heaven we won't be balanced it's all god we don't balance god with the world we don't balance the world with anything We are totally of God. I was saying to the sisters a few nights ago, I don't believe there's such a thing as um, religious and secular. No. God didn't make the secular. He made the world and everything in it for us, that we would worship him through all his gifts. God did not invent the secular. And so whatever is strictly secular uh, is not of God. And even if we go into a shopping mall, it's not secular. To me, it's not secular because my heart is with God and I'm going to look for gifts or things I went there for uh, with God on my mind to honor Him. So, uh, I don't have any secular issue in my life. So, dear Colin, um, if someone is accusing you, uh, they don't, their faith is weak. Um, But if you want to write back another day and give me an example of what's troubling you, maybe uh, we could help further. Um, we have a text from someone who writes anonymous. What can we do to instill belief in the real presence? Okay, that's a, a very um, real, honest, serious question. There are many people, many Catholics, who intellectually believe... Uh, they're they're intellectual, they know the church, they're Catholic, they know the church teaches that the Eucharist is truly Christ, body, blood soul and divinity Uh, the Eucharist doesn't look like God looks like a wafer, but you see Jesus didn't look like God either when he walked the earth because God is not a man, God is spirit he became man for us and then he became food for us, and neither of them resemble God in appearance so we need to understand that um And I would simply say, pray. Uh, Pray a 54-day novena. If you're not sure what that's about, look up on the Internet. 54-day novena is simply nine times six, nine novenas six times. um, 54 days. And you begin it by asking the greatest desire of your heart to Our Lady and say, Dear Mother, I, I want deep faith in the real presence of your son in the Holy Eucharist, and I don't know how to get it. Would you help me? And you pray the rosary every single day. That's the whole 54 day novena. Pray the rosary the, the rosary of the day every day. Um, that's it for that intention. Halfway through the novena, which would be again at day twenty eight, because three times nine is twenty seven, that's half, and then at day twenty eight till the end. You pray in thanksgiving for our Blessed Mother answering your request, even if there's no sign. So you pray the first half, three weeks, um, in uh, for your request, and then you pray the second half in thanksgiving for your prayers being heard, because they are heard, and for, for the answer, even if there's no sign of it. Um, ask Our Lady to help you. And then you might take a look at books. Look, go to catholic.com. Um, and look at their shop and look at the eucharist you'll have many books on the eucharist uh, from converts who didn't believe and now they believe and they've written books on the eucharist apologetics miracles of the eucharist all kinds of things so i would say make that your project i don't think there's anything more important under heaven that you can do dear anonymous than come to true faith in the real presence and know the incredible deep love of God for you I don't think anything on this earth comes before that so um, I will pray for you and uh, go ahead and begin that novena and don't stop reading uh, different books um, and let God help you God bless you God bless all of you um, and um, we will speak with you God willing tomorrow I look forward to it And two days more to Christmas, and it's the most exciting time. So God bless you, and we'll speak with you tomorrow.